Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. guys welcome back to the show i'm titus i'm on the phone with my bubba's today uh thomas is on the other line and we are gonna get into some questions there was a lot of questions that were asked um that i asked and you guys responded to on instagram about a bunch of different things well today i went through them i was rummaging through them and i honestly kind of forgot about them um part of it was for something else um something we're going to be doing that's pretty big here within the next year but i'm going to keep that under wraps but we did want to take a lot of those questions and answer them here on the podcast, which I think is a great platform for that. So anyways, if you guys haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, you guys have been doing awesome with that for the MVM show. So you can go on YouTube, type in the MVM show, and we have a channel in there. We're getting close to 1,000 subscribers on there. And if you like it, you know, long-form video or to listen on there, you can do that. But anyways, let's get started. So I'm going to talk today about uh, getting the birds to come in. That's... That's all of our dreams and hopes, right? As duck hunters is getting the birds to come in. But there's a few things that I wrote down just quickly. Uh, we may miss some or Thomas may think of some that I didn't write down here. But these are just the right out the gate. For those of you that are newer to hunting, have only been hunting a year or two. Because here's the thing. As long as you hunt, you're always going to you're going to be asking yourself that question. That's what you got to do when you're out there hunting. You're going to say, how can I get these birds to come in? So, but these are things we'll talk about from experience. So I don't know, Thomas, do you want to go first? You may, you can go over whatever. Maybe it's not something you had written down. I had written down, but something you just kind of thought off the top of your head. Yeah. Well, talking about getting birds to come in, um, with any kind of hunting, uh, the hunt starts way before you're actually, planning on pulling the trigger 
I mean, you could be the best caller, best shooter, you know, hitting the best, you know, all of the above. But if you're not putting yourself where the birds are, and I know we're going to talk about that later, but really hunting and getting birds to come in starts with scouting because a big thing with scouting is when you find the birds, the birds are already patterned and are already planning on coming to that location. So that, you know, that really cuts down a lot of work on your part as a hunter, because sometimes you're not able to hunt the X, you know, for certain, for multiple reasons. But when you have to have those hunts where you're trying to pull birds um, or sometimes people call it traffic birds from where the birds are already planning on going, um, you know, then, then you, that's when you're kind of using different tactics to try to pull those birds over to you and try to get those birds to come into you. But to me, you know, ideally the, the best thing you can do is spend the time scouting mm -hmm. and putting yourself in the, the best location that you can. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that really is what <laughs> helps, you know, is going to help the most in getting birds to come in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. 100%. That's if you're on the X, that's just, you could almost not have any decoys. I not have a greatest hide, you know, I've been in right. those, and, been in those situations. And I mean, you know, every area that every area we've hunted is a little different in, in, you know, in certain ways you got different landscapes, uh, different times of year, um, different weather and all that. But, um, like I said, that's, that's the most important thing to me really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And you know, sometimes there's really no way to do that. So on the flip side of that, um, that's what we'll go into some of this other stuff because sometimes like if you plan a place that's a lottery or resi, a lot of these, most of these California refuges, you can't scout. So mm -hmm. that's really, I know, I, you know, who knows who asked this question where they were mm -hmm. from or whatever, but there's some places, man, it, it's a big upper hand. I mean, a, out of state mm -hmm. and some public land that's not a refuge that you can hunt seven days a week. That's mm -hmm. a big upper hand. And that's mm -hmm. the number one goal. But uh, if it's... Well, if I mean, <clears throat> like, like I said, you just have to do what you can where you can. Like mm -hmm. I said, some places you can have a lot more freedom and liberty to scout. Here mm -hmm. in California, it's not like you can really do that unless you're as far as refuges, unless you're on a hunt day and you're out hunting. So that's, mm -hmm. that's going to come down to time mm -hmm. spent either as a hunt slash scouting trip, you know, where you go into a new place you've never been and, uh, you know, possibly looking for areas where you see birds going and then you can, you know, make adjustments, make adjustments and, um, you know, get closer to where the birds want to be. Yeah. <clears throat> Our biggest thing, like if we're in reference to, in reference to hunting, um, a refuge is if you're hunting in the morning and maybe you miss the spot, you're always, you're scouting while you're hunting. If you've seen birds dump in right then and there, if you, if you're in free roam or if you have the opportunity to move, then move, make the move. Don't wait till mm -hmm. you see, cause we've done that before. Like, okay, there one bird mm -hmm. goes down over there. 
and then another mm-hmm. bird goes down and you're like okay maybe mm-hmm. five more birds go over there and then we'll go we'll move <laughs> you know mm-hmm. so uh, you right. can't just pick up and move after one bird goes but mm-hmm. we're doing that a yeah, lot and sometimes we'll have a dead morning hunt but we watched all day and then we moved and hunted the afternoon and had a killer hunt you know mm-hmm. yeah sometimes it can feel like man i just i wasted a hunt or i wasted yeah. a morning or this and that but you're not really wasting if you're if you're gathering intel yeah, paying attention, yeah. gathering until watching if, you know, maybe it's just a day where it's literally dead mm-hmm. and there literally is no birds. Or maybe you're saying, hey, I've been seeing birds go over that way on the other side of the refuge or I've been seeing them go over there, you know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah, 100% agree. And, and then there's other things like at other refuges that are all um, blinds. And some refuges will show the bird numbers coming out of that blind. So that's that's just common sense to me. You can go there and see, oh, here's the numbers for this blind, for this blind, and how many birds they shoot. So that's common sense. Oh, this this blind averages three birds, 3.5 birds every hunt day. So, I mean, that's mm-hmm. uh, there ain't much for us to say about that. We're kind of more referencing like free roam too, but you got to take all of that into account as well. And um, we mm-hmm. could probably talk about that forever, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Is there anything that would help refuge hunters for that? Because again, it's, we we do talk about scouting and stuff, but like to trying to dial in for those those refuge guys. I mean, that's just part of the scouting is the hunting. You can't pre-scout sometimes in a lot of those places. I would say a majority of them in California. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, depending if we're if we're specifically talking about refuge and blinds. I mean, the most, like you said, most obvious is going off blind numbers. Um, one thing you got to remember too, looking at blind numbers, um, <laughs> there's a lot that goes into that too, because mm. you do want to look at the most current blind numbers, but also you want to pay attention to the history, what, what the, the history mm. and what weather they had, you know, the previous, mm. uh, hunt day, because I've seen a lot of guys that's never been, and I know this has happened everywhere. Mm. There's been a lot of guys that will pick a blind that's not as good just based off of the previous hunt numbers. Mm-hmm. And whereas there's a, a blind that they could could have gotten that's got a history that it's always good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's something as far as free roam um, in the areas, it, you know, that's, that's what we're kind of talking about is it's kind of tough. Mm. go into a new spot um blindly and that's when you we typically try to be in a more mobile setup Mm -hmm. maybe not pack as many decoys not be as heavy where it wouldn't be as hard for us to move if Mm -hmm. we need to you know yeah and and these uh, like if you're paying attention at all um if you don't have as much experience these are nuggets right here and I've thought about some of the stuff sometimes we share and I've never questioned it like, oh, we shouldn't be saying this or telling this or whatever. It's That's not how we are because here's the thing. If you guys, if people listen to this that are newer and don't have um, like a mentor and we can be that, then you can be less um, ethical or you could be more ethical in the field. You can get your birds faster and get out. Like it really, in the end, I don't know why guys get jealous or mad or say don't talk about that because in the end, it benefits everybody. If you if you drew a nice uh, lottery or uh, 
a blind number for like let's just say one that there's it's all blinds like a refuge that's all blinds and you got one of the top blinds um given these little nuggets that you know thomas is given i'm given they'll help you get your birds and get out quicker which means me and the sweat line waiting for you to get out gets me in there quicker so we're all it's we're all together it's not you're hurting yourself by not getting people that don't know what they're doing standing there longer and holding up spots. It really just benefits everybody. So some mm-hmm. people get all worked up about that, but in the end it really comes back and helps all of us. So um, I guess we beat that one a little bit. Let's go into calling. So getting birds to come in now specifically, like let's say you're in a spot now getting them to come in. If you're on the X, sometimes, like I said, it, none of this stuff matters, but a lot of times you're not. Thomas, how many times, be honest, out of 10 times, let's just say 10 hunts, how many times out of those 10 hunts do you think you're on the X and the birds are stupid? Oh, maybe two if I'm lucky. Yeah, maybe <laughs> if you're lucky. You exactly. Know, if, I'm, if I'm lucky. Literally. Try, probably one out of 10 average. Yeah. Say. If you were going out of 100, you'd probably say how many hunts out of 100 hunts? You know, like 10. I don't even oh, I 10. Would just maybe. Say 10 yeah. I would say 10 percent is a yeah. decent number. Yeah. So, you know, maybe you're close. I mean, when you're literally on the dot, I mean, that's a, it's a whole different, wonderful thing. It is. (laughs) (laughs) And you don't got to call. You don't got to, your decoys almost Mm -hmm. don't matter. I mean, you know. Yeah. When you're on the X, you're the best caller anybody's ever been. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, (laughs) so now we're pretend we didn't get to scout or maybe, you know, we've scouted, but maybe we're not on the X. Okay. So. Let's get into the details. That like, okay, now we're we're hunting and we're and birds are kind of everywhere. Let's get into the details. Like, how can I? What can I do to help them come in? And calling is one of them. But let me say this: there's multiple ways you can take this. Calling. Let's go into this side of it. Calling more or calling less. So, one thing you got to do, and this, this is the hard part at the beginning, is watch the reaction of the birds. You hear us say the term flare. Well, when you, okay, let's say this bird's doing the steady wing beat, right? Wing beat. And they're flapping their wings and they're coming right at you. And you're just, wah, you're just calling like crazy and they don't stop. Obviously, they don't break wing beak. They don't, it don't even act like it's bothering them. You're probably okay to keep calling, maybe softly as they get quieter, right? But if you hit that call and they're in the steady wing beat looking, and you hit that call and they flutter their wings and change direction or climb or act goofy, you know right then, you know, that you better lay off that call. It's probably too late in that situation. But you really got to be observant of how the birds act and react to your calls, you know. Yeah. And you got to base that like sometimes we've got Raz before, but like well, you guys aren't calling, you guys aren't calling. But, but did we need to? Because the birds were coming and we were shooting them. And it wasn't because mm-hmm. we didn't do it because we didn't want to. It was because mm-hmm. we didn't need to. We tried the calling, and it wasn't working. It was flaring mm-hmm. birds, or birds were avoiding that area. Some you get quiet and kind of maybe even if it's just a light little small like little chuckle or one quack, but hitting the hell call and the hell Mary and all that stuff, and it's not going to cut it, cut it sometimes. Mm-hmm. We've been in <clears throat> situations uh, – on both ends of the spectrum i've been in uh i've hunted where it seems like if you made a sound they didn't want it and i've been in situations where if you didn't hit call hard Mm -hmm. to the till you shot you weren't going to get a shot Mm -hmm. 
So, I mean, that's where it really comes. Like you said, you, that's where it comes back to. You need to watch the bird. Um, and if you're calling and you can't get any birds to commit, just try, try not calling or try calling, you know, less or softer or at different times, <clears throat> you know, read the bird and all that. I mean, you, you can really just play with that. To me, um, calling isn't always necessary. Mm-hmm. Calling, <clears throat> calling is a tool to help, mm-hmm. but if it's not helping, then why waste your time calling? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. you know what i mean like um a lot of times it's good to maybe if you're not on the x um let the birds know you're there help them to see you because sometimes i feel like you can set up and maybe the direction the birds are flying from or just whatever maybe the birds don't have very good visibility of where you're at and maybe they fly, you know, where you can see them, but maybe they don't fly exactly where they're taking a look at your decoys. Mm-hmm. So to me, you know, using the call is a good way for them to notice you, maybe check it out. <clears throat> maybe if they're slightly interested, but don't really commit, you can give them a little more and see if that helps and keeps them, uh, cir- you know, circling or interested. And if it is, then maybe that lets you know right there, hey, you know, they like it. They're not Mm -hmm. flaring or, you know, take it the other way. You hit them once and maybe they look at you and maybe you hit them again and they just bug out really quick. Mm -hmm. Maybe the next try, maybe the next time you you hit them, let them know you're there and then you shut up and see what they do. You know what I mean? So really, that's that's really um uh i can't think of the word i'm trying to find right now um situational you know it is oh it's so big all these are situational all these things besides getting on the x i mean like Mm -hmm. that's like winning the lottery but like everything else we're going to talk about is totally situational And, and another thing always keep in mind too is is weather you know on a windy day they're not going to hear you as well mm-hmm. as a dead calm day. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So you can, you can give it a lot more volume and they're not going to be, you're not going to be blasting them. You know what I mean? But when there's not a, uh, you know, any wind at all, you don't have to be as aggressive, you know? Mm-hmm. So. And I guarantee there's been way too many times we've, we've called too loud, meaning we weren't thinking we were loud, but there was no wind and it just echoes across the water. And, um, uh, I've heard sometimes like look at, listening back to videos or, or stand across the way while you call or Travis calls while I'm going over somewhere to, and coming back. I'm like, man, that is super loud. And if you hear ducks, they are not, I don't feel like they're as loud as the calls are sometimes, to be honest with you. When, you know, you hear ducks, like sometimes, you know, they'll toss the land like a hundred yards away and you can hear them over there. Wah, 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 wah. I'm like, it's loud. But it's not as loud as sometimes we can get on the calls, you know, just volume wise, mm-hmm. not talking about what you're doing when you call and just the volume mm-hmm. period. But yeah. yeah, that was, that's a good one too, with the wind and the calmness. That's, that makes a huge difference too. And, and just, just honestly watching the birds and learning from watching the reaction. I remember, and I think a lot of people that are newer will understand this. I don't know if you've ever thought of this way, Thomas, but I remember when I would see a duck, I was really just seeing, okay, that's a duck. 
and I wasn't really like focused on the little things and the details. It's like, oh, there's a bird, grab my gun and shoot at it. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. now, you know, now it's like I'm looking at, is that a drake or is a hen? How is their wings reacting? Are they turning? Are they coming right at me? Are they, are they like looking interested? Can you tell by their body language? You know, are they kind of doing a slow roll in? Like you can tell that they're interested. Are they just buzzing sometimes? Where it's like we've done so many times. They're they're moving so fast and they have their mindset. You can just tell by their body language they are not mm-hmm. even one bit interested in mm-hmm. your area. You know, so. Mm-hmm. You really got to make yourself, because I know the one thing hard for newer hunters is identifying, like you can maybe tell what a duck is, but identifying what it is way out there in advance and then trying to get a feel of the body language of that bird, you know? Mm-hmm. So Yeah, because, you know, if, you, if you're not really reading the body language, you might get discouraged that, you know, these three birds that you call at that don't give you the time of day. Yeah. Well, those birds were never going to even be interested in mm-hmm. your spot anyway. doesn't matter what you did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a bird that's got a consistent wing beat and it's just flying in a straight line, he's not really looking for, you know, a spot to land. Mm-hmm. A bird that's kind of flying slower with a slower wing beat, maybe a little inconsistent, he can watch his head move around. He's kind of just looking for a place, looking mm-hmm. for a spot where he wants to go. Mm-hmm. you know some are look like they're more trying to land than others but you know you you'd just be able to tell yeah yeah totally ah, i got distracted i was gonna say one more thing about the calling but i that those are pretty good tips things for sure force yourself to identify and and watch body language and like tom said wind calmness those are those are great things those are all things from experience they sound mm-hmm. common sense when someone go has goes ahead and just tells you about them. It's like, oh yeah, but mm-hmm. you know, really, you wouldn't know those unless you've been there and done that. So, mm-hmm. there's more things we could go into that too, but we're just kind of giving a few little things of each one. Um, there's a ton more we could. We actually we probably could spend a whole podcast on each one of these separately, but we're not gonna just gonna try to get some good ones out there. Um, decoys decoys actually let me i know what it was i was going to say about the calling i was going to say one more thing um i think thomas i think you and i call lighter and less than most people do and because of that but like you said in one situation we had to call the ducks it took us a while to realize it because we don't call heavy because i don't believe that you need to do that but there was one a few situations we've been in the last couple years you had to call in their face so hard Mm-hmm. Or they turned. Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mm-hmm. You know, and then so once yeah. you called hard, they hard, hard, like hard. it. Yes. <clears throat> and, and I mean like. Loud. Loud hard as you could. And, <laughs> and, uh, and frequent, like just mm-hmm. on it. No stopping. You know, whether you're just quacking or you're doing a, a you know. You chuckle. Chuckle or anything. So you're worn out. Literally, I've never been so tired of calling yeah. as a few of those times I can think back of. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. But because we're lighter callers and not heavy callers, it took us a while to figure that that out, you know. Mm-hmm. But all right, uh, decoys. Um, there's a lot of things we could go over here. This this is huge now. And what I'm gonna jump into first is motion. Motion is so big, and I told Thomas we've. We use those Higdon pulsators a lot. Thomas bought the first ones, I believe, didn't you? And then I bought a couple, and we use those a ton. Um, the only thing I would say, just be careful on that, is if it's a really calm, quiet day, which is when you want motion, you the birds can hear those sometimes, mm-hmm. you know. And I, some people say, well, mm-hmm. if they hear those, then they're already dead, which I don't really agree with. Birds can hear so good, and we're going to go into something mm-hmm. about that next. Um, mm-hmm. ducks are so smart. They see so good and they can hear very good. And sometimes when it's really calm and quiet like that, the, they can hear that quite a ways off. I know birds have flared off, huh? but I also have seen them come right in the decoys too, you know, when it's the spot mm-hmm. they want. But what I was going to push more, if you're not lazy, like I am sometimes is the motion ducks. We've preached that for, I don't know how long on this channel and podcast, but really emotion ducks, me and Thomas were talking about it a while back. Where we need to get back to using that again because not that the pulsators aren't good because they definitely have their time and place and they're an awesome tool and they work. And I mean, for the most part, I would take them every time. But on those real quiet days and maybe bird, I, th- I feel like birds get acclimated to the pulsators as well, but they don't ever get acclimated to the motion ducks because when you got four to seven ducks that are like a big jerk string, I mean, it. that's about the realest looking thing you can get, like birds swimming in the water. And so <clears throat> if you don't have that, if you don't have some type of a jerk string motion set up like that in your spread, you definitely need to get one for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's jerk strings have been around for a long time, right? That motion ducks, I think, looks just one step better mm-hmm. than a, a traditional jerk string because it's, you know, it puts them in a more realistic uh, placement, but um, yeah, I mean, shoot, you could spend so much time on decoys, but uh, start starting with wherever you're hunting. I mean, just look at, try to look at birds in your area, what they do, how they, how they, um, you know, how they sit on the water, whether you're hunting fields or water. I I tend to always think about water because we hunt water more, but um try to look at how the birds stack up, you know, and that goes back to scouting. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe birds are more spread out. Maybe birds are uh, real tight together. Maybe they're further out in open water. Maybe they're closer to the toolies or closer to the bank. Um, just try to mimic that. And if it's not working, maybe try changing it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But 
<clears throat> motion, if you don't have some kind of motion and there's no, and I mean, no wind, so your traditional decoys aren't moving, mm-hmm. changing direction, any of that. I mean, I don't even like to hunt if there's no motion. I oh, mean, I, I just feel like, it feels like it's, it's a waste, just, huh? What's the point? Mm. Yeah, it, it, it's it looks so Terrible. obvious <laughs> that those are those are number. I mean, you can have the best Dakota Avery, not Avery. I mean, GHG, AvianX. I don't care what your your decoy brand is. If they're just sitting still, I mean, it just, it's terrible. So, um, the cheapest thing is a jerk string. I mean, if mm-hmm. nothing else, buy a jerk string to at least get some kind of movement on the water. Um, well, you're better off with four, a uh, one bird on a jerk string with movement than 60 decoys that are stagnant, in my opinion. Yeah. And, I, and I, on a windless yeah, day, on a windless day. On, a, on the absolute windless day. Yeah, yeah I agree totally um anyways um yeah i mean there's multiple options for emotion but get one at least uh, i personally i would say i like water motion better than spinners um but i definitely am not against spinners either mm-hmm. um but i mean the other time and you place. gotta have you gotta have one mm-hmm. at least have one i don't i do not go hunting ever without one or the other or both um it's just unless it's and i would like pick i would pick the wind. i'd pick the motion the water motion over the spinner for any day I, I would i would definitely pick water motion um unless yeah. like you said unless it's when and i'm again i'm talking about windless day yeah. yeah yeah i like having i always like having both with me if i only had was able to have one i would have some water motion but um Definitely both. I, I like to play with the spinner probably more than water. I will always have water motion, whether it's a jerk string, whether it's um, the the pulsators, or um, let's see, other one. You know, I I kind of got away. We kind of got away from anything else because Titus was talking about the the noise on the pulsator, and that to me is the quietest battery powered motion decoy i've found um and there's a lot of ones that look really good i mean there's swimmers there's those um the birds that look like they're dabbling um you know there's multiple options but the thing i never liked about any of them is they're so loud Mm -hmm. and if i need a motion decoy that means there's no wind that means it's quiet Mm -hmm. so it's got to be quiet whatever it is it's got to be quiet because when i'm using motion decoys it's going to be quiet out. So I'll just, I'll give you guys a heads up right now. The swimmer, the one that swims from Higdon is very loud. And I would not, I would not advise that for those quiet, calm days. And in fact, I got rid of mine. It was just, I mean, it was, mm-hmm. it was loud mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Honestly. So, so with the pulsators, I feel like, um, in the best case scenario, um, the birds like at least a little bit of calling. And I feel like that can help cover up that sound of the pulsator um if you're absolutely no calling it does have a little bit of sound i myself i still will use them i would still use them every time um i mean unless you just can have a bunch of jerk strings or something but i i don't feel like they flare the birds um 
But, I mean, you can't beat a jerk string as far as how quiet it is. I've I've seen them flare birds, but I think it's been birds we've hunted and seen them before and got shot at too, you know. That's what, mm-hmm. But that's how I feel. But, I mean, regardless, I always have them with me. Like you said, you can always pull them, you know, if you think that. And that's that's what's everything with the the de- going kind of more into decoys themselves. It's like we sometimes will start and we learn stuff over the years. So we kind of know where we go, how much we're going to use. But there's been times we've had three dozen decoys out and like, what is what are they not liking? And then you pull it down to like six and just pull them, pull them up, put them back in the, you know, in the bag and get hidden again. And all of a sudden now they're, they're wanting to land. So it's just, you have to play with it. It's no, there's no perfect answer. People is always like, do a decoy video. Like you're how you set them up. It's like, we never have them. Yeah. We set them up yeah, and we're well, talking to each other the whole time. Like me and you're like, ah, this probably, we're probably going to move these. Cause we'll be like, should I put this over here? I, like we're at the point last year, me and Thomas were like, just throw them out. And like, we both know we're going to move them. <laughs> you know, it yeah. for the most part, well, you know, well, that's that's kind of funny. Yeah, because little history, starting hunting with Travis, and Travis is the biggest decoy mover there probably is. Mm. And He's not like he whenever, used to be. I'll say whenever, that. Whenever us three go hunt together, I don't even I don't even say one word about the decoys because I know you guys are just going to move them anyway. Even if you guys put them out, you're going to move them anyway. So it, it don't. I'm just like, eh, whatever. I, uh, I, I'm totally for adjusting decoys, but we, me and you have actually gotten to arguments before about where we're putting decoys and then we put them out and we end up moving them anyways. So I kind of just came to the point where if, if you want them a certain way, let's put them a certain way. If I want them a certain way, whatever, like, we don't really even really we don't do argue that anymore. About that anymore. No. Uh-uh. Because either way, it's it's not you're probably going to move. So it's not like you know exactly where mm-hmm. they want them to be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And sometimes I feel like it don't even matter. I mean, some sometimes if birds aren't responding well, obviously that's the time to move them. Mm-hmm. If birds are coming in. Don't touch them. Exactly. You know what I mean? Uh, Travis, I know, has done that before where he's like, "Ah, I think we should do this. It's like, dude, we just shot four birds. Like, mm -hmm. why are you wanting to move the decoys? Mm -hmm. You know, so if it works, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm -hmm. You know, if it ain't working, make some adjustments. Yeah. And and it would be stupid to not, to, you know, if birds aren't responding well, to not be willing to, adjust your decoys that that does that's the definition of insanity right there mm-hmm. you know expecting different results so yeah 100 percent. all right um i think we got that one now quiet this is not a normal one people talk about because i know a lot of this stuff gets beat to death but this one is not i don't think i ever hear people talk about this one and it drives me bonkers and that is be quiet like be quiet and i'm not talking about calling i'm talking about talking to each other or yeah or communicating or whatever um birds can hear very very good they can hear you talking and i'm not talking about oh rejoicing after you get drop a bird right in the decoys or whatever like yeah you know doing your hoopla stuff but i'm talking about i'm talking about you don't see a bird in the sky 
and, and you're just talking yeah. and just blah 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 because how many times have you got backdoored by a bird that didn't know it was coming if you're if you really want to be successful if you want to be out there and you want to kill something you don't want to just sit there all day for the fun of it really really keep it down because birds can hear very good like again it goes back to a windless quiet day your voice i've been standing out on the bank 400 yards from some guys and you can just hear them they're not yelling but they're just like talking like me and you are right now Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude. And I see birds working around. There's that you just can't do that. Like, what well, kind of what kind of hunting do you do that? You don't do that in turkey hunting. Those guys don't do that when they're sitting in a deer stand up in a tree. You don't do that if you're hunting. Be quiet. And I hear so many duck hunters around us when we're hunting talking. Oh, Bill, Bob, you know, move that, do this, do that. It's like that's not going to help you. Yeah. Whisper. Well, I mean, it's just. It's more frustrating to people around because you're really messing their hunt up too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even if you're even if you're three four hundred yards away, you're you're just making the birds want to go to a different area. So it's like, yeah. yeah. I mean, if if that's how you want to do, I mean, hey, that's that's you. Go ahead. But it's yeah. just kind of it's kind of jacked up to the other guys yeah. around you because yes really and no though. Yes and no, because I don't want no one around me doing that. So I'm not going to say, yeah, if that's what you want to do, do it. It's like, no, <laughs> don't do that. Like, if you want to be successful, if you don't care about etiquette, well, at least if you want success, then, you know, keep it down. But here's but here is one of my illustrations that I know drives you nuts, too, is like you, birds are working. Now we actually have birds work. You can see them. And guys are all in this this loud and tone of a voice. Here they come, guys. Here they come. Here they come. Whack, 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 whack. Here they come. Get ready. Right on the right side. 60 yards away. It's like, if you are talking that loud when the bird's working, don't expect to put that bird down. Like, <laughs> I don't even grasp that. Like, don't talk. Like, whisper. Whisper if you need to talk and tell your buddy, here they come on the right side, you know. But people are talking. You can go all over YouTube and see that. All over it. You uh, can see it all over. Everybody. Tons of people do it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's because they're different locations and the birds just like talking or <laughs> I don't yeah. know. It just baffles me. I'm like, even if they're not reacting to it, anything you hunt, you don't do that with. So, like, mm-hmm. I don't know why duck hunters are so bad at that. They're mm-hmm. so loud to me. <laughs> such It's such an important thing. You're hunting. You're trying to trick a prey into your, your set or to your hide or to your deer stand. You know, they're just Shh. Tone it down. Yeah. yeah. Whisper. There's some people I know don't they don't know how to whisper. They literally said, I don't I can't. I'm like, how do you, <laughs> <laughs> you can't whisper, don't talk. So um lastly, unless you got you want to add something after this too, is totally fine. But last thing I had written down was hide. Um yeah, you can start that one out if you want. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously you can't be seen once you're seen. I mean, birds have the best view, a bird's eye view, literally. So um, I think something we struggle with in California is uh, getting overhead cover. Um, a lot of areas we cut, you know, hunt in is just, you know, tulies. So you really don't have great overhead cover. Some tulies are, are you know, quite a bit taller than others but um you know when you're hunting in timber or you know maybe the midwest where you have 
trees that grow on the banks and you're hunting the river or something like that, you can get great overhead cover. It's awesome. It's so fun to hunt in. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's just, that's just going to be wherever you're hunting. Obviously, if, if you have to make a blind, don't skimp on the blind. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? It's worth, it's worth spending the time to have a better hide because Mm -hmm. that's just going to take, that's going to take that question out of your head. You know, it's going to take it off the table. If birds aren't committing, if birds are flaring or if they're not just come, you know, coming in, if you don't have a good hide, you're going to be like, man, are they seeing us? Are they seeing us? You're going to ask that multiple times. Yep. When you know know in the back of your mind, that's probably what it is, you know? Right. So spend the time or move locations, do whatever you got to do to get that thought, that possibility off the table and out of your mind where you know, okay, they're not seeing me. Now maybe it's the decoys, you know, or maybe it's the calling or, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That kind of stuff, you know, you got enough to worry about without having to think or question like, Ah, are they seeing me? Mm-hmm. You know, this or that. So been there, done that. <laughs> yeah. Multiple times. And, um, and really you might've said it, but it's the number one priority. Really? Mm-hmm, if you're not mm-hmm. hidden. It's, right. I, I yeah, you know what I'm a so, big fan of? I know we use this a lot with the toolies is, is shadows, you know, mm-hmm. that's such, if you don't really have some fancy hide getting in the shadows of like the toolies and stuff is so huge. Mm-hmm. The sun's same, in the bird's eyes. Same, same for pits. Um, there's a, there's a lot of guys. I mean, there's a lot of pit blind hunting in California, and I mean, pits. I have a love hate relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like they're so open and so obvious. Um, I mean, ch- I mean, whenever I've hunted pits, we try to do you know try to cover up the best you can as far as maybe building something up on the backside of you where it actually puts a shadow over the pit Mm -hmm. or, you know, some, some kind of something, whether it's a dead tree branch or it's some tumbleweeds or maybe, uh, um, a, even like a couple, yeah, a couple stakes and a camo net, you know, those are huge Mm -hmm. stuff like that. That could totally change your day. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it that will. could be the difference between five birds and one bird. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So those are those are big things to think about. Um, I know it's kind of tough because sometimes you might not, not know whether you're hunting a pit or free roam or a blind. But so sometimes you got to kind of pack extra in the truck. And then based off of what options you got, um, decide, okay, this is what we're going to take because mm-hmm. we're hunting a pit today. Or, hey, we can leave our seats, we can leave everything in the truck because we're hunting a blind mm-hmm. or, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, so that, those are the kind of things that you gotta do. Yeah. hundred percent. That's, that's the difference between success and failure. Um, Jake's gotten really good at, he has a little setup with some stakes and some camo netting and it's just an astronomical difference. He said they weren't shooting nothing. You know, I, we know this, but just to give someone else as a reference, he said they weren't shooting nothing. There's four of them in a pit, him and his boys, him, Paul David. And um, that that was the first time I think he threw up the, the stakes in that little net, which wasn't much, you know, it's probably like a two foot tall thing and just kind of wrapped it around. And he said they were coming, he goes, literally they were coming right in the decoys. It went from mm-hmm. them just passing over and not getting any 
to uh, shooting four limits, you know, quick. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. just, and it, that's not much effort. A couple steaks mm-hmm. and a net. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. you can get that on Amazon. You can get the steaks for five, ten bucks. You can get the net for ten bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah. It sounds obvious, and some of it is, and then sometimes it's just like, yeah, I guess I didn't think about that. But anyways, mm-hmm. did you have anything else you wanted to add on to get birds to come in? <clears throat> no, not really. I mean, that's a that's a big start right there, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's That's a huge start. That's the priorities for sure. So, Thanks for listening, guys. Appreciate it. Again, uh, if you ever can, get a chance, go rate on Spotify, rate the podcast, what you think, or go into Apple Podcasts, rate, and write a review. Appreciate everybody listening in. And, uh, hey, it's about that time to start stocking up on stuff and getting ready. Season's not too far out. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys on the next one. (laughs) 